Welcome to Women in Action with Bev Jessup. And if you want to learn the tips, tricks and secrets for growing a profitable teletherapy business, then you are in the right place. And if you don't want to miss any of these episodes or videos, just click the subscribe button or the bell notification. And I'd really appreciate your reviews so other speech therapists can find this podcast too. So we're going to talk about the seven steps to clear your money mindset. And if you're new to this podcast, you might be thinking, well, I came on here because I'm a speech therapist or I'm an occupational therapist. And I really wanted to know about therapy and clients and building that business from scratch. And you are still in the right place because obviously as running a business, it requires an exchange of that money. But there are things that are holding us back in building that successful business. And so as a speech therapist, I will be talking about things to do with pricing and money and setting up business. But we need to get the foundational things right. And so over the next few weeks and the next few series of podcasts, I will be talking about money and pricing because I will be doing a therapist pricing for profit boot camp in the middle of August 2021. And if you really want to nail your pricing strategy and find out how you can attract those ideal clients to your website, and I'm going to show you a really um, exciting way of doing that, then make sure that you tune in to these podcasts and, and for the next few where we'll be covering these things. But today we're going to be looking at the seven steps to clear your money mindset. And the first thing you need to do is to know what your first money memory or money story was and usually that is around the age of six to ten years old. Now a bit of backstory for me and um, I was born in Uganda and uh, my parents are um, Indian Asians and we we were living in Uganda and then under the Idi Amin exile we were thrown out of Uganda to um to find ourselves homeless in the UK, in in Britain. And, you know, obviously that meant that when we, we knew we had money in Uganda, but we couldn't bring any of it over to um, the UK. And we had to start from scratch. My parents didn't have a home. They just had to come with the suitcases that they could carry things in. And it was really hard for them. So one of my memories was um, the fact of having sort of hand-me-downs, you know, having second-hand stuff. Because we didn't have anything, we we, we were given things. You know, I was given um, a coat, I was given a bed. And, you know, these were all kind of basic needs and yet they were given to us because we couldn't afford to have it. And so when we think about our memories around money in as a child, um, those will evoke certain emotions. So it's really important to write it down and read it through. And as you read it through, ask yourself, you know, I, I think it's really good to actually write it down and then leave it for a bit 
come back and then read it through. And as you read it through, ask yourself, what decision did you make about that money memory uh, at that moment? You know, what thought came into your mind? Now, for me, it might have been, oh, I can only afford secondhand stuff. I'm only worthy of receiving secondhand stuff. And so for a long time, that thought became a kind of installed into my my belief system and it became automatic because I ended up just buying secondhand clothes, even though I could actually afford to buy new clothes. And there were times when I did buy new clothes. I always felt guilty about it. And there would be that my, my my husband would like laugh at me because there'd be this beautiful dress and it was quite simple. And I would say, oh, no, that's a bit expensive. I could make that. And then I never used to make it. Now, the reason why I said I could make that is because actually I could make it. I'm quite good at sewing. But my mum was absolutely fantastic at sewing. And because we couldn't afford things, she would actually make things um, herself you know when it came to my ball dress um, before leaving school she made me a beautiful taffeta dress and it was really complicated but she made it from scratch cutting out a paper pattern and so I had that belief that you had to make things as well and that um, governs the kind of cho- choices that you make in life so when you look at that memory and you've written it down and you read through it Think about the thoughts that it evokes, the feelings that it evokes and what decisions have you have created because of those thoughts and feelings and how would you make it different? What would be the different choices? So for me, um, I then decided I'm not going to have secondhand things anymore. I'm going to give my secondhand things away And when I created my new office, I had lots of secondhand furniture in there. I gave them away and I bought everything new and I made it bespoke for my particular needs. And what it said to me is now I've got a setup which is perfect for my needs. I have two screens instead of one. Uh, I bought them from new. My computer is new. Nothing is secondhand, but in the past, things even for my business, was to do with secondhand. But that is a decision I have now made. So it's really important to think about how did you feel when you saved up for something? You know, have you ever saved up for something? And did your parents ever bail you out? And how did you feel about that? So you'll have various questions around this memory, this money memory. Um, and then I want you to think about the emotion words. Now, as as a speech therapist, obviously, we look at semantics and we look at the meaning of words and um, how we can categorize and things like that. So when you think about these money words like budget and wealth and cost and investment, you know, what emotions does that rise up in you? And what, what are those emotions? Are they negative emotions like fear and nervousness or anxiety? Or are they positive emotions like power and excitement? And so it's really good to know about that. So that's step number one, knowing what your first money memory is. Step number two 
is to focus on what you really want to change. Now, money, as I said in previous podcasts, I've said money is a tool. It is also a journey. As we think about our money for our business, we need to think about the journey. So think about how we want to start, what sort of goals we have, what decisions we're going to make around money. So for me, one of my um, goals is, is to actually be good at money. Um, and to be able to manage it well. And there was a lot of fear around um, setting up my accounts and, you know, putting all my accounts together to send to my accountant and things like that. And then for a year end, at the end of financial year, I would get really stressed about all the different paperwork that needed to be done. And paperwork is not my strong point. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be an accountant and be good at paperwork, but obviously knowing what's going in and what's coming out of your business is really important. And I would be totally oblivious to this and be spending on things that I shouldn't need to be spending on. So what I have now decided, I've made that decision to, I want to change my narrative around not being good with money. And in order to do that, I need to think about what I'm going to focus on and what I'm going to change. And that's what I'm going to change. So to do that, I decided to get an accountant uh, and a monthly accountant who'd keep me in line and help me with the accountancy software. And so then it does become a domino effect. The third thing, third step is to write your limiting belief down. And to write it into something positive, but on with honesty. So what I mean by that is no point me saying I'm going to be good at money and be able to manage it all the time. That would be unrealistic and it wouldn't be honest. So instead, my limiting belief, which is I'm not good at money, I, to write it into something positive, and in an honest way, would be something like, I am learning how to manage my money in my business and having a regular meeting with my accountant or and with Emma uh, will help me with my finances to keep them in order and help me make the right decisions for my business. So that is like a, a new mantra, really. And just to know that we make mistakes but we can change them. And they, instead of being mistakes, I see them as learning opportunities. And so when you write that money mantra down, write it because you believe that that is what you want to create in your mind. The fourth step is to start to prove that that money mind mantra is correct. Because at the end of the day, our reptilian brain, our primitive brain, is the brain that wants to keep us safe. And so it takes nine positives. This is a research-based evidence, actually. It takes nine positives to offset one negative experience. So if you've made a mistake um, with your money for some reason, you've got to think about how you are going to correct that brain pattern um, and do it at least nine times to offset that one negative experience. So you might keep 
uh, a gratitude journal. You might keep um, have a particular money habit like um, checking your bank account, noting how much is in there, making sure that you check um, that people have paid you on the at the right time, and um, send them a, a, an email, an email, a text to remind them that you've sent them uh, an invoice. And if you have a daily habit that aligns with this new mantra, then it's going to have a good effect on your brain um, and create that new neural pathway and the new mindset around money. The fifth uh, step is to keep a track of your small wins. Now, I think it's really good. I've got a little kind of journal, very slim one, where I keep all my money information in um, and keep, uh, you know, the things that I um, have received in terms of money and maybe the loans that I've paid off, the loans that are outstanding. Um, and even if it is only like saying I've paid, you know, £10 into that savings account or I've paid half of that loan off or whatever it is, you write it down in your success journal. The sixth step is don't expect perfection. None of us are perfect. We make mistakes. There are bad days, but they, as I said before, mistakes are learning opportunities. And don't let your inner voice, there'll be an inner voice, a little gremlin, as I've talked about before, saying, oh, I told you so. You know, I told you you're not good at money. But first of all, acknowledge that thought. And then Remember that it is a journey. Money is a journey and we're just taking small steps. You are a human and it's okay to go back to step number one. And step number one is your money story, your money memory. And to, you know, write that down, read it through. Think about the decisions that you've made and the choices that you've made, the emotion words and all that sort of thing. Go back to step two which is focusing on what you really want to do. Go back to step three and writing down your limiting belief and changing into something that is a positive belief with honesty. Then go back to step four, which is to prove that your money mantra is correct. And step five is to track your small wins. Okay, so you just go back through these steps. And finally, the seventh step, the last step here, is to surround yourself with positive people. People who have a positive outlook on money, not people who are always complaining that they don't have enough money or they um, they wish they could do this and then they just don't do anything about it and they're always negative about it. We want to find friends and get them on board. Surround yourself with these friends um, and your loved one. Explain what you really want draw out your vision for them and those that actually believe in success and thriving and you might find that actually you don't have those sort of friends and one of the things I recommend is that certain friends you just don't talk about money with because they just they can't seem to get on board with the positive element of it um and they see it as like, oh, money's evil and all that sort of thing. I don't really want to hang out with people like that. So I just don't talk about money with, with those sort of friends. But 
you may decide that you want to invest in some online friends who are of the same mindset, who want to develop that um, successful business. Um, you might even want to take on a mindset coach, which I have done and I have done a lot of coaching with other co- with other coaches to develop that successful mindset. Otherwise, if you don't surround yourself or you don't invest in people who will take you to that next level, then you will let that negative voice come back and come back and and take you back to square one. So if you have enjoyed these, this particular podcast and the series, as I said, that I will be doing about money, then make sure that you come on to the Therapist Pricing for Profit Bootcamp, which is happening in the middle of August 2021. And I will leave the link, the waitlist link at the in the show notes. So make sure that you click on those and then you'll be one of the first people to find out about the bootcamp and how you can nail your pricing strategy and get clients to your new therapy Uh, practice. I'm really, really excited to be seeing you. And um, next week, we will be talking about the different fee structures that therapists and consultants will have. So if you don't want to miss out on that, make sure that you come back to this podcast, Women in Action with Bev Jessup, and we will be tackling that issue next time. So until then, take care. Bye for now. So if you would like to start getting more clients to your teletherapy business, I will be telling you about a special offer I have for those therapists thinking of creating their first website without the costly mistakes that I made and really easily. It's called the Website with Ease course. I will leave the link in the show notes or in the description below and you can grab it for less than the cost of a family takeaway. So until next week, happy teletherapy. And while you're on my website, teletherapyinaction.com, why not download one of the freebies that I have And I have actually three freebies. One's called the Teletherapy Starter Guide that will help you get started on that journey. The other is the Ultimate Creative Resource Starter, which will take you step by step on how to make your resources interactive and so your clients don't get bored with you. And the third one is the Teletherapy Marketing Checklist. The website is full of useful information for those who are just starting their teletherapy journey. So pop over there to teletherapyinaction.com and if you also want to book a call with me and speak to me on how you can get started then go to teletherapyinaction.com forward slash contact and you can book a mutually convenient time there. I look forward to speaking to you soon. Happy teletherapy.